7: Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Bear
4: Sheldon DeNeely and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show.
0: Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
8: About four days ago, a plane landed at Idlewild Airport. The plane came from the Middle East, bearing a man who claims to be 2,000 years old. He spent the last six days at the Mayo Clinic. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, is it true that you are 2,000 years old?
4: Oh, boy.
8: Yes. You are, uh, it's hard to believe, sir, because in the history of man, nobody's ever lived more than 167 years, as a man from Peru would claim to be. But you claim to be 2000. Yes,
4: I'll be, I'm not yet. I'll be be, uh, 2000, October 16th.
2: (laughs) Yes.
8: You'll be 2000, when were you born? We didn't
4: have a formal... Years and names and and writing. We didn't know. I see. And nobody kept time then. See, we didn't know, we didn't write, we just sat around and we pointed in the sky and we said oh hot boy you know that's all you said we didn't even know it was the sun we thought
8: you mean you really didn't know we anything we did
4: know anything we were so dumb and stupid Sorry. we didn't know who was a lady but they were they was with us we but didn't know who they
2: were you know? we didn't know who was the you, ladies
4: and who was fellas you, you
2: thought know?
8: it was they were just different type
2: yes, of fellas yes just
4: strong. Or smaller or softer. The softer ones I think were ladies all the time.
2: Well, what
8: what how did you find
2: out what they were well ladies? A
4: cute fat guy could you could have mistaken him for a you know? Soft and cute. Who was the person who discovered the female? Bernie. <laughs> who was Bernie? Bernie, one of the first leaders of the of our
8: group. And he discovered the female. Yes. How did it happen? He said, Hey, there's
4: there's ladies here. <laughs>
8: I'm very interested to find out how Bernie discovered the woman. Well, he... How did it come to pass? He... One morning, he got up smiling.
4: (laughs) So, he said, I think there's ladies here. (laughs) So, I said, what do you mean, you know? So, he said, because in the night, I was thrilled and delighted. See? (laughs) So, then he went into such a story that... uh, It's hundreds of years late, I still blush.
8: (laughs) Sir, Uh, could you give us the secret of your longevity? Well, the major thing, the major
4: thing is that I never, ever touch fried food. (laughs) I, I don't eat it, I wouldn't look at it, and I don't touch it. And, and the, uh... Never run for a bus, there'll always be another. Even if even if you're late from work, you know, I never run for a bus, I never ran, I just strolled jaunty, jolly, walking to the bus
8: stop, you know. Yeah, well, there were no buses in the time no, of the, in No, uh, t-
4: in my time, I mean, I,
8: I... What was the means of transportation then? Mostly Fear. Fear transported you. Fear, yes.
4: You would see an animal would would growl. You would go two miles in a minute. But I suppose you fear had... would be the main propulsion.
8: Yes, but I think most people are interested in living a long and fruitful life as yes. you have. You mentioned fruit
4: is good too. You mentioned fruit, fruit kept me gone for 140 years once when I was I was on a very strict diet, mainly nectarines. I love that fruit. It's half a peach, half a plum. Such a hell of a fruit. Not too cold, not too hot, you know, Sir, just nice. What is has been Even a your... rotten one is good. <laughs> that's how much I love them. I'd rather eat a rotten nectarine than a fine plum. What do you think of that? I can understand that. Yes, that's so how much I love them.
8: Yes, I can understand that. Yes, yes. Sir? Some good things. Sir, what uh, did you do for a living?
4: Well... Many years ago, thousands of years ago, there was no heavy industry.
2: We know that.
4: <laughs> the most uh, things that we manufactured or we made, the most things that we ever made was uh, we would make, uh, take a piece of wood, see, and rub it and, and rub it and clean it and look at it and hit earth with it and hit a tree with it.
8: <laughs> For what
4: purpose? Just to keep busy. There was nothing. <laughs> to do. There was absolutely nothing to do. We had no jobs, don't you What see? other jobs
8: <laughs> were there? There must have been something else besides hitting a tree with a piece no, of that,
4: stick. That, well, hitting a tree with a piece of stick was already a good job. We <laughs> couldn't get that job, you know? What job? Mainly was sitting and looking in the sky was a big job. And another job was watching each other was one thing.
2: <laughs> that was
4: like looking at each other. Uh, what uh, language did you speak at that? They time? spoke uh, rock, basic rock.
8: Basic rock. Yeah. That was before Hebrew. Yeah, it
4: was, was two hundred years before Hebrew was the rock language, or rock talk.
8: Could you give us an example yes. of
4: that? Yes. Uh, hey, uh, put that, Don't throw that rock at me. Rock at me. <laughs> hey, now, what are you doing with the rock? <laughs> call uh, a policeman, for God's Put that rock away. I see. That was the rock. <laughs> now, Do you remember?
8: Do you remember your Hebrew, sir?
4: Yes, I, I, Would you s- I think I
8: remembered fluently. Because I understand the modern Hebrew is different from the Arabic. Yes, okay. it differs in some of the phonetic
4: alliterations and patterns.
8: Yes. yes. <laughs> Can we hear an example of the ancient Hebrew? Uh, the very ancient Hebrew
4: is, uh... Oh, hi there. Hello. <laughs> Hello there, how are
8: you? Uh, uh, I'm
4: right,
8: all how are you? That's English. Oh, wait, wait. Uh... <laughs> Do you remember any Hebrew? Very little. I think.
4: <laughs> I don't think I remembered. I must have forgot a great deal of it. <laughs> but, uh, I think you forgot it all. Maybe all. Yes. <laughs> Maybe all. Yes. Thousands of years since I needed it.
2: In, <laughs>
4: now,
8: sir, it. did you ever did you ever have any formal job as we know it today? Yeah, well, I
4: was a manufacturer. I was an owner.
8: What kind of a factory did you have?
4: I had a. Uh, I used to make the Star of David, the Jewish stars. I was one of the first makers. Oh of yes, them. the little soon thing as you wear. They the... said, uh, yeah. As soon as religion came in I was one of the first in that
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I figured this is a good thing yes and
8: how did you make them did you have tools well
4: we didn't have lathes like, I employed six men See, each with a point. <laughs> and they used to run together in the middle of the factory. And in their great speeds, they would fuse the thing.
8: And it would. That's making a start. Yes,
4: we would make two a day because of the many accidents. <laughs> <laughs> we have six men running at high oh.
8: speed, points, You know, plenty of accidents. You never thought of going into anything else?
4: No, I had an offer once. A fella came to me, Simon. What,
8: what did, did Simon ask you to do?
4: He said if you have a new thing, a new item, a winner, it looks like a winning item that it's going to be a big seller. It's called a cross. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I looked at it, and I turned it over, and I looked at all sides of it, and I said, uh, it's simple. It's too simple. I didn't know then it was eloquent. Uh, <laughs> you, mean you, no, you I didn't know it would be such turned, a hit. You turned him down. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm too busy, uh, See, I could have, I could have fired four men, two men run together, bang, you got a cross. <laughs> See, I could have saved. I would, well, I, I would have had over a hundred dollars today if I went in across, it's shame they're thing. in everywhere
8: today. By the way, sir, uh, are you married?
4: I have been married several hundred times. <laughs> several hundred yes. times?
8: Yes. You have been met ma- Do you remember all you your wives?
4: One I remember well.
8: <laughs> Which one was that? The
4: third one. Shirley.
2: <laughs> I remember
8: her I read I'm afraid to ask the next question You had many hundreds of wives Hundreds and hundreds of wives How many children, children. do you have?
4: I have over 42,000 children <laughs> And not one comes to visit me In <laughs> an afternoon oh, says,
2: that's
4: Yes, How uh, they forget our father. Sure.
8: That's, how it is. That's awful, sir. It's really. You mean to say there isn't one daughter that. Many favors daughters, you.
4: But, but they. You know how they are. Children, good luck to them. Let them go. And, <laughs> I don't want. Listen, let them be happy. As long as they're happy, I don't care. But they could send a note and write, How you pop? How you doing, pop? You know?
2: They no, they, you. Don't. they don't. Sir,
8: um. You must have known some great men in your time. You did travel throughout the world. I knew the the
4: great and the near great.
8: Could I ask you about some
4: of these? Certainly. I'll tell you the true, the true whether I knew
8: or not. For instance, (laughs) people are, people are very interested in somebody like Joan of Arc. A lot has been written about her and we read a lot about her. Ah, what a kitty. Of, uh, you knew Joan of Arc.
4: I went with her, dummy. I went with her.
8: Nowhere in history do we uh, know of Joan going with anyone. Well, they don't print that. They don't print everything. You didn't marry her.
4: No, no, I didn't marry her because she was on a mission. You know, <laughs> yes, she used to, you... to say to me. She used to say to me. Uh, I gotta say France I used to say I right, look I gotta wash up you say France you know? see you later after you say France I'll wash up you know how did you Pulling feel? and her way me and mine
8: yes you know? how did you feel about her being burnt at the stake Terrible. <laughs> yeah. see
2: I didn't i didn't know
8: How about some of the legendary characters who supposedly might have existed? For instance, Robin Hood. Did he exist? Oh, yeah. Lovely man.
4: Ran around in the forest. Did he really
8: steal from the rich and give to the poor? No, he didn't. He didn't? (laughs) He stole
4: from everybody and kept
8: everything. (laughs)
2: Well, well, how
8: did legend... How did legend? How did legend spring up that he was Yeah, He had a, a
4: fella Marty. Marty, the press agent, ran in all the papers and wrote in scrolls. He took them to rich, he gave to the poor. Who knew? Who knew? He'd give you such a knock in the head when he robbed you, you wouldn't remember anything. So
2: in other words,
3: uh, we... He
8: sp- was a tough guy. I hate to have our, our legendary figures smashed like that. Well, this. I hate
4: to smash them for it. <laughs> yes.
8: <laughs> did you, you... You've lived so long. Did you ever have an accident in all this time? It's an, an accident? over An accident?
2: Oh, an accident. <laughs>
4: uh, yes. Yes, in the, in the year sixty one, I was hit. Uh, I was run over by seven men fleeing a lion. They ran me over.
8: That, that's the extent of all. <laughs> but these... they didn't
4: have insurance, I didn't have insurance. There was no such thing then. Uh, so who, you laid there till you got better. Amazing.
8: <laughs> in the two thousand years you've lived, you've seen yes, a lot of changes. Yes, oh, certainly. What is the biggest change you've seen?
4: In two thousand years. The greatest thing mankind ever devised, that I think, in my humble opinion, is Saran Wrap.
2: <laughs>
4: you can put a sandwich in it. You can look through it. You can touch it. You can put it over your face and pull around and everything. It's <laughs> so mean, good. You, you can would, wrap it up. You equate this. I with... love it. You can put three olives in it and put a little one. You can put ten sandwiches in to make a picture in it. Whatever you want. It clings and it sticks. it. You bread. equate this. You with can this... look right
8: through. it. You equate this with man's discovery of space. That was good.
4: (laughs) That was good. That that was a good thing. Well, sir, uh, we don't have
8: too much more time, but we all here would like to know your code.
4: Well, all right. Is this it? Your Honor.
8: A farewell address.
4: Hello there. This is 2,000 years talking to you from the depths of back there when we was. Now I'm still and they not. (laughs) And I just want to say... Keep your smile on your face and stay out of a Ferrari or any small Italian car. <laughs> stay out of them, and I want to tell you that it's been it's been a wonderful 2,000 years, and you've been a wonderful civilization, and it's been a thrill living for 2,000 years. And eat a nectarine; it's the best fruit ever made. That's <laughs> uh,
2: this was another comedy
0: spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
9: A perfect way to cap off our... Uh, Remembrance of Carl Reiner, my favorite interview. He passed away Monday at uh, age 98 from Natural Causes, and uh, that was Carl um, Reiner along with uh, Mel Brooks and the 2,000-year-old man. They uh, won a won a Grammy for that and uh, many, many awards. He was uh, a wonderful human being and, and always... did his best work when he was letting other people be funny, um, although he was a tremendous actor and comedian in his own right. Now, we're going to move on and uh, wrap up today's show with uh, something a little bit more traditional. We uh, have uh, a couple of guests joining me uh, after the break here. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back with... uh, Um, the American Heart Association's Chief Medical Officer for Prevention, Dr. Eduardo Sanchez. He's going to be joined with uh, Kellogg Senior Wellbeing and Regulatory Lead, Melanie Hall. And they're going to talk about their collaboration and the importance of creating a healthier food system and helping families find healthy foods. So we'll get into that and maybe a little more. When we return, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back.
2: Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner.
10: I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do you can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us, at 810 339 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go.
7: Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The
6: Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. And avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. I was
8: telling you a little while ago about my wife, and I don't want you to be confused, but we were—I've been married more more than once. In fact, I've been married three
4: three times. But my first two wives each died a very tra- tragic death. My first wife died from eating po- poisoned mushrooms. And my second wife died from a fra- fractured
3: skull. She would need her mushrooms.
4: How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsodent flowing over your teeth now
7: than to have water running under your bridge later. <laughs> Hello, this is
3: State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Programme.
5: Thank you for calling North Shore Dock. Due to the current stay home order, we are experiencing longer than normal delays. Your patience is appreciated. Thank you.
3: North Shore
6: Dock Just say you're my husband. Okay, okay, I will.
3: Hello. Hi, I, I uh I need to get my boat in before the weekend for Memorial Day. You probably need my name. It's Doctor Mark Mallory. Doctor
2: Well, Doctor,
1: we are too backed up right now, so there's no chance that can happen this weekend. Just
10: say you're my husband, you little bitch! Uh,
6: okay, well, what if I was to tell you that I
3: may just happen to be the husband of the governor? Would that make a difference? No. The husband of Governor Gretchen Whitmer?
6: Does that name ring a bell? Yes, sir. So now, how soon can you get my boat in? Not this weekend, sir. You do realize I
3: am known as Michigan's first gentleman, don't you?
6: Okay. That means nothing to you? Not really, sir. You tell him to get our boat in the water or I'll shut down all of Traverse City so fast his head will spin. Did you hear that? My wife is not playing games here. We want our boat in the water this weekend. Do you understand? I understand, sir. But there's no chance that could happen this weekend. He won't let us? What do we do? Just hang up. Uh Uh, actually, I was just joking. Prank caller, prank caller. Baba booey, baba booey.
2: And
9: welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner program. My guests this hour are looking into the importance of creating a healthier food system. Um, they are the. Uh, Chief Medical officer for prevention from the American Heart Association dr. Eduardo Sanchez and Kellogg senior well-being and regulatory lead Melanie Hall and dr. Melanie welcome to the show Thank you um, Melanie let me let me start with you first um, is this when you say Kellogg? Um, which Kellogg is this? Is this the Kellogg Foundation?
1: Uh no, it's the Kellogg Company. I'm a dietitian and we have an entire team uh that focuses on opportunities to partner with other organizations like the American Heart Association.
9: That should have been my first guess, Melanie, because I live in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> um and and Doctor Sanchez, um, what is the American Heart Association's interest in uh, in in healthy foods?
3: Well first of all healthy eating equals a healthy heart equals a healthy long life uh, but maybe more than that the American Heart Association believes that food and nutrition is a basic human right um, and we believe that changing our food supply and working with partners in the food system is critical to achieving health equity. That is the chance that we can all be heart healthy and reducing the disparities that exist in our country related to health, but in this instance, related to um, food. Um, So we've created the Foodscape Innovation Awards, where we want to recognize the positive voluntary changes that organizations like the Kellogg Company are um, making happen to break down the barriers to healthy eating.
2: We want to work
3: with um, the food industry to transform the food system and the food supply with better nutritional quality and increased availability of healthier options. We believe everyone deserves the chance for
9: their longest, healthiest life. You know, I can't. I can't think of a time in in history, um, Melanie and and uh, and and Dr. Sanchez, uh, when we, as 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 just regular uh, uh, consumers, have become more aware of the food distribution system from where it's grown to where it's processed to how it's shipped to how it's stacked on the shelves than during this uh, COVID crisis. Has the COVID crisis um, made things even more complicated in in a system that already had some holes in it with with regard to certain at-risk communities where we have this, this thing known as food deserts?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID definitely has sh- uh, shown a light on where there are gaps in, in, in a variety of aspects of, of, of the American life. Uh, when you think about households that are dealing with hunger before COVID, uh, one in seven kids lived in, a, a, lived in hunger. Uh, and now it's estimated about one in four children probably lives in hunger. It's about 18 million kids uh, that could be facing hunger this year because of the pandemic. Yeah, so let me
3: let me add that. Um,
1: uh, just
3: as Melanie is saying, and and, and for the record, uh, call me Eduardo while you're calling uh, Melanie Hall, Melanie. That just mm-hmm. makes it fair. Um, um, we've we, it, like so many things. What COVID nineteen has done is that it has, um, uh, as Melanie is saying, shown a light, um, and so children who, for example, were getting a regular lunch for sure, sometimes breakfast and lunch at school, um, and no longer have access, has made us realize that um, if that and when that system is disrupted, um, we've got to find new solutions. The other is that as people have lost their jobs, um, their uh, ability to buy food regularly and reliably has become um a little bit less reliable. Uh so the good news is that um food industry, um food banks, food pantries and many others have come together to try to figure out solutions. Part of the work that um we can collectively do in a show like this does is um can is direct people to where uh things are working and where um we can make some changes. In addition, as we go forward, we can learn about these gaps that have been exposed and these weaknesses exposed by COVID-19 and work really, really hard uh, to make sure that those kinds of gaps don't create problems in the future for others.
9: Um, Eduardo and and Melanie, whoever wants to weigh in on this, um, our food banks... um, shouldering the large responsibility uh, in the wake of food programs like um, like public school uh, meal programs?
1: Well, there's definitely been a variety of programs that have actually sprung up in order to help bear the weight. So yes, food banks have definitely uh, picked up a lot of that. Uh, we were just talking about school lunches. And so there's a, a new program called PEBT, actually, uh there was a launch within the last month that is getting funds to families that with, participated um, in food the food industry
3: like, um, food banks in many communities are just these awesome distribution channels to address food insecurity and so those that may um be able to partner with them can make sure that the supply of food is getting to where it needs to get. But you know there there are others who have stepped up um but food banks I'd say have you know, a they they are the they are the go to, and they have they have absolutely stepped up in most communities. Melanie, what do you think?
1: Oh, I definitely think they were um, that they are they're stepping up and um, uh, filling in a lot of the gap, and and again, we're seeing those new programs that are helping get funds to households so that uh, they can um, um, have more support in being able to buy the foods that they need.
9: You know, I'm I'm curious because I, I've uh, had several guests uh, uh, over the last few years that have talked about um, food deserts and the accessibility mm-hmm. of food in certain uh, urban areas where grocery stores just don't find it profitable to operate. And and some of the people living in those neighborhoods don't have transportation, can't drive across town or over to the next town to uh, go to the grocery store. How how much of it is about availability, and how much of it is about money?
1: Mm. Um, it's definitely a balance of both. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, the Women, Infants, and Children Program, also known as WIC uh does in order to address this is that um they work with grocery stores in order to make sure that there are specific foods that provide the nutrition that uh, women infants and children need uh so what's very interesting is if you are in a food desert maybe you you only have one very small grocery store but if they're working with the food with the WIP program you are they are going to have certain specific foods that are going to help fill in some nutrition gap uh, in a situation where someone really is, uh, a, a distance from a store, yes, that is definitely a problem because now we're looking at transportation issues and things of that nature. Uh, due to COVID, we have seen some transition. So for example, the SNAP program, uh, formerly known as food stamps, you can now use those, um, uh, benefits online, uh, and, and have access to delivery, which can help with the transportation issues. The WIT program isn't there yet, but they're working towards it, uh, and and that's definitely a recognition of how do we help with the transportation issue on top of the lack of money.
9: Yeah, that's a, that's a concern because in a lot of neighborhoods uh, in in urban settings, the only access to food is often a neighborhood convenience store, and people are literally
2: mm-hmm.
9: living on chips and beer. Yeah,
3: this is, yes, um, so is you know, that's absolutely the case. Um, the American Art Association in past years has um, promoted um, a program called the corner store, corner store Program, which works with those convenience stores um, to make available at least um, a, a, a small supply of fresh fruits and vegetables and other healthier options. And in, 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 in some neighborhoods, I wouldn't say enough, um, uh, those Corner Store Programs are providing some access, but you know, it'd be I, it, I wouldn't be taking full advantage of this opportunity to say um, the American Heart Association's Foodscape Innovation Awards are precisely about trying to um, find those uh, those fantastic solutions um, and then um, make them um, you know shine a light on them. So um, you know, the next WIC shopper app. Uh, is what we're looking for that may be finding that clever solution to um, the challenge of unaffordability and inaccessibility for too many Americans.
9: How did did this uh, collaboration get started between the uh, Heart Association and Kellogg?
1: Well, this uh, it started with the program, uh, the the awards uh, that we were speaking about, and mm. and really we heard about the award and, and decided to submit the collaboration that uh, Kellogg had with JPMA Inc. and they're the the software developer that had created the WIC shopper mobile app, and the app is really a tool to help people who participate in the WIC program just have an easier time of it, help them uh, shop, help them find new ways to use WIC foods find information they need in order to navigate the program. Uh, I I do a lot of work with uh, programs and and, um, businesses like JPMA that work in the WIC program space. And so I reached out and said, you know, how can we make the app better? How can we uh, help? Because there are a number of WIC foods that, that weren't being used. They weren't being picked up. And so we looked at the program. We looked at the app and said, you know, we can improve people's use of the app by uh, sending out some end-of-the-month alerts saying, hey, you know, you've still got some unused WIC foods in, in your balance, and and also really curating um, their recipe library to show just new exciting ways to use WIC foods so that when they got the alert that, let's say, they hadn't used all of their beans or they hadn't used all of their, their, their high-iron cereal, here are some recipes on um, different ways you can use those foods to help ensure that they'll... Um, pick them up because, as, as we dietitians like to say, it's not nutrition until you eat it. So, uh, you know, this <laughs> program is put in place. These foods were, were specifically selected because they each have a nutrient that women, infants, and children have. And so we worked with JPMA to really just help them uh, market the app in, in a way that made it uh, more engaging and helped families eat more of these foods. And we definitely saw that after we launched the updated app People were eating more whole grains. They were eating more of, of the beans provided on the on, on the uh, program, and so we were really happy with the results.
9: You know, it's it's kind of interesting to see this uh, um, this this matchup of the American Heart Association and, and Kellogg, um, because I grew up in a time when health organizations like the Heart Association were kind of down on the cereal industry. Um, has that obviously changed?
1: Well, I can well, tell you. you know, I, oh, go ahead.
3: Um, go ahead. Uh, I'll just speak to the American Art Association. We um, have very much uh, refocused our attention on what's possible and um, how do we get there. And, um, you know, partnering with the food industry is the only way we're going to get to Um, healthy, affordable, accessible food for many, many more people. Um, uh, uh, Food industry, government, the WIC program is a a USDA, U.S. Department of Agriculture program, and then organizations like ours. And what we're trying to do is bring the best of the best. Um, So we bring science. The food industry brings science. They do a lot of nutrition science. Um, The food industry brings their understanding of how the system works, distribution channels, supply chains, and then government brings the role that it plays as serving sometimes as uh, the safety net provider. And that combination, we believe, um, will help us achieve a different um, food ecosystem, a different Mm -hmm. foodscape environment um, where rather than um, castigating uh, we find the places where there's common ground, common interest, um, and move in that direction.
9: And and Melanie, I don't I want you to think, think I was I, I don't want you to think I was throwing Kellogg under the <laughs> under the bus there. Um, oh, no, 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 no. no, I um because I wanted to to give you an opportunity to weigh in on how uh, mm-hmm. Kellogg and other cereal companies are stepping up not only to the need for better quality products, but also an increasing demand by consumers for, for um, healthier products.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I can say I have an interesting point of view in having worked on, uh, on both sides. So prior to working at Kellogg, I worked in SNAP. I worked in public health. And I remember when I was in that position and I was working to try and, uh, you know, help people understand better ways of eating, there would often be barriers, a lack of information, uh, you know, oftentimes in what people wanted, what was trendy, marketing, things of that nature, food systems. I worked a lot in greening food deserts. And whenever we hit those barriers, I would literally think to myself, you know what, someone in public industry has this information and it would not hurt them to share it. We just need to find those people. And so now that I work in public uh, or in private industry, um, that's what I strive to do. So most of my work with Kellogg's has been uh, supporting uh, groups that work with the WIC program and providing those insights. And I would say uh, the work we did with the WIC Shopper app is exactly that, reaching out to this program thing you know, this is, this is how it could be done better. These are the type of things that people are looking for in an app. This is an experience they're looking for. Here are things to think about so that they'll engage more with this app and, therefore, uh, engage more with the program, eat more foods, get the information they need to participate. So I, I think, uh, you know, as you mentioned, there is more demand, which makes it easier for industry to really um, understand what people are looking for, and we always serve the desires of people. Uh, uh, look for ways to serve the desires of the customers and what they're asking for, um, but also getting to this point uh, where we can look towards uh, public health and public health can look towards us and we can figure out what are those win-win-win scenarios where we just all get together and and find out, again, what is going to serve uh, the consumers that, that both public and private industry are, 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 are trying to uh, serve.
9: And one of the things that that I'm concerned about, it's it's wonderful technology is making a lot of information available to those who have the technology to search for it. But how do you get people to know um, what is and isn't healthy to create a demand for for healthier foods and the availability of healthier foods?
1: Well, this is a Go
9: ahead.
3: Um, You know, I keep cutting you off, Melanie, and that's just not right. No, it's
9: okay. I'm going to let you go ahead. Okay, we'll start with Melanie.
1: Yeah, I was simply going to say that you're right. There is a lot of information out there, and sometimes that is part of the problem. There are some uh, surveys and work that we did where, you know, consumers were saying it wasn't so much that they couldn't find information. They were unsure. Uh, they doubted the choices they were making, which was actually something I, I, I found discouraging uh, because in that situation, some people could be making good choices. They just There was just so much information going back and forth, they still doubted it. Uh, and so, you know, what we try and do is, you know, again, through partnerships, um, do our best to cut through the clutter. clutter um, and, you know, be very clear and transparent. Uh, you know, as you uh, mentioned at the beginning of the call, people are curious about where their food comes from, where it's grown, things of that nature. And we have a lot of tools, our uh, open for breakfast sites, and things like that that just, for us personally, as a company, um, you know, we try and get the information that people want and what they're asking about specifically for our food. In the broader sense, uh, we work with partners like American Heart Association, like uh, the National WIC Association, and say, you know, what help do you need in getting the word out? How can we amplify your messages? Um, uh, Like the example with the WIC Shopper app, is there any assistance we can provide so that you can just function in a more efficient way? So those are some ways we try and uh, help make sure that the information getting out there is all on the same page uh, and uh, that we're not creating misinformation or confusion.
3: And I'll I'll just add that, um, you know, we at the American Heart Association have moved our recommendations about healthy eating from a focus on micronutrients, vitamins, and protein, uh, uh, protein amounts to being about eating a healthy dietary pattern of food. Uh, and so we talk about eating more fruits and vegetables. We talk about eating whole grains. We talk about less fat, less sugar, less salt. Uh, we talk about lean proteins and actually have begun emphasizing even more vegetable protein. That's easier to understand. Um, and then through our Healthy for Good program and through our um, partnerships with community-based organizations, in addition to industry, those simple messages, simpler messages. Let me be clear, turn into people having, um, to Melanie's point, more confidence that what they are grabbing to eat um, is healthier than they uh, it's healthy for them. So, we, the the science and the messaging has gotten simpler. Um, or the translation of the science into the messages has gotten simpler, and it is about eating in a healthy way as opposed to a focus on certain kinds of foods and counting the number of calories and counting the number of vitamins, et cetera, et cetera. Simpler makes it easier. And then we're also working within, um, um, within programs like WIC, within programs like um, schools, um, even with um, employers Um, to take those dietary recommendations and translate them into, um, in the school example, the food that is served to students, and in the workplace, the kinds of food that are available in the workplace, particularly those places that um, have cafeterias um, and or even vending machines.
9: More about creating a healthier food system from Melanie Hall from Kellogg's and Dr. Eduardo Sanchez from the American Heart Association straight ahead.
6: Hey, (laughs) this is the Unknown Comic,
3: and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now.
6: Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your healthcare care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips...
10: Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell, Michigan that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us, at 810 339 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go.
9: More about creating a healthier food system from Melanie Hall from Kellogg's and Dr. Eduardo Sanchez from the American Heart Association straight ahead. I, and and uh, Eduardo, uh, I'm just curious, and this is sort of parenthetical to our discussion, but I, I've been hearing about uh, plant-based meat substitutes. Um, are, are those catching on? Is that, is that something you encourage
3: Those are probably catching on. Um, I think that uh, rather than say that we encourage, what what we encourage is um, lean protein and um, and a healthy dose of uh, the plant proteins. They have they they have some health effects. Um, you know the the substitute meats um, can 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 be packed with other things. Um, and I think that back to the idea of a healthy eating pattern, um, including them in your diet, um, probably not a bad thing. Um, um, exclusively making them monopolize your diet, um, probably not a good thing. Uh, so um, I would say that uh, they are uh, they are a nice addition um, for people who uh, really want to eat a burger but uh, don't want to eat animal protein. But like so many other things, uh, um, focusing more on the fruits and vegetables as, um, and whole grains as sort of the center of a diet and um, the other things as um, peripheral to the diet is probably the approach that I would recommend.
2: Melanie, you and you have you've got a lot
1: of Yeah, and you've got a lot of choices in that space, actually. You've got the more veggie forward, as we call it, um, meat alternatives, and those would be things like the traditional, um, uh, you know, veggie burgers and things of that nature. We we have a whole um, uh, we provide um, uh, uh, a whole category of, of uh, vegetarian food, so so we're very familiar with it. Um, so you have the ve- veggie forward um, options, and then you have, I think, what you were referring to, Tom, the more recent meat like versions, which. Um, you know those definitely I think if there are concerns about uh, anything else in there you know uh, this goes back to transparency um, people can check people can look and see um you know what else is in the food because uh there are a variety out there i've I've heard people say you know, oh, it has uh just as much fat as as, as meat uh there are one or two out there where that's the case, but there are definitely some that are not um we we recently launched uh incognito and uh, we took our time trying to figure out what are those things that other burgers were not providing people. And one of the issues other people had was, you know, if it has as much saturated fat as beef, why am I eating it? So that's something that we definitely took care of. So I just encourage people who are concerned about that, you know, go ahead and inform yourself. You know, uh, read the label uh, and, you know, kind of make your decision as far as as what, what um, uh, types of foods you want to try out. Uh, but again, you'd have... Uh, those, those uh, you know, like-meat options, you also have the veggie-forward options, and so those would be things like, you know, Garden Burger, Morningstar Farms. And, you know, we just encourage people, eat more plants, period. <laughs> and, and you know, and when you swap out something else uh, for beef fat or, or chicken or, or pork, whatever it is, every now and then, I'm not saying you have to go vegan, but if you just add more plants to your diet, uh, that is definitely a good choice for anybody.
9: Yeah, I, I always, hey, I, I, I wrestle with that because uh, being a Midwesterner, I, I don't feel like I'm really eating a meal unless there are meat and potatoes. <laughs> oh,
1: I so totally you understand can that. Have
3: meat, you can always have meat and potatoes. It's just mm-hmm. that meat and potatoes don't need to be 90% of what's on a plate. It can be exactly. 5% of what's on the plate and if you do it that way um you move towards a healthier dietary pattern. Mm-hmm.
9: Well, let me um before we uh before we run out of time and and this is fascinating and and it's a, a pleasure talking with you both. Um and, and and I guess we'll start with uh Eduardo. Um where can people find out more about this this uh um project of of uh, trying to get more industry collaboration but but also about the the heart association and in what healthy eating looks like
3: sure I'll start with um uh, the food innovation awards and that would be heart.org backslash food innovation awards uh the deadline is July 24th but heart.org will get you to our website and then you can search around for what you know whatever whatever you are searching for whether that's healthy eating um uh, our food innovation work or the food innovation award so um for food innovation awards heart.org backslash food, in, food innovation awards all one word um to learn more and apply
9: and and melanie um are there some other resources that uh that people can explore?
1: Uh, definitely. Um, as far as that conversation of people understanding where their food is from and, you know, really wanting to have that better uh, comfort level and, and the types of foods they're eating, uh, we have uh, openforbreakfast.com, uh, which is where we answer a lot of people's questions about our foods. And so that's a great place to start there. That's, that's just specific to Kellogg's, of course. Uh, and then if you are interested in um, uh, the WIC program, depending on which state you're in. Frankly, I, I would just recommend you uh, Google WIC in your state's uh, initials, and usually the state website is going to pop up. And then you can, uh, people who are interested in the program, as we mentioned, half the children born in the United States and half a pregnant woman are eligible for, for WIC, and oftentimes maybe they just don't know it. Uh, So if you find yourself in a situation where you're food insecure, you're not sure where your next meal is coming from, definitely look into, um, and you have a a woman, infant, or child in your house, uh, you know, look into uh, the WIC program. And then, you know, as far as other um, uh, opportunities in this time, uh, there's the SNAP program. As I mentioned, if you have a a kid in in school who was um, getting free or reduced lunch, there's a new PEBT program. So these are all things that are a Google search away, or, you know, calling 211, which is a great resource for trying to figure out what's in your community when it comes to food. Um, all great ways for you to find out if you need help uh, finding nutrition food, nutritious food.
9: Well, thank you both for spending time with me this morning. I really appreciate it. Uh, Melanie Hall from uh, Kellogg and uh, Dr. Eduardo Sanchez from the American Heart Association.
1: Well,
9: thank you for your time. Take care. And with that, we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead.
8: I'm his father. Some children have known to hate their fathers. He's only six years old. He doesn't know me long enough to hate me. (laughs) What? What? How's your foot? How does it look? It was an accident. An accident? So it was Custer's last
4: stand. You want a scalp to hang on your belt?
7: (laughs) You'll swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? So help me, me. So help you, you.
4: If it pleases the court, and even if it doesn't please the court, I'm God, Your Honor.
7: Ranking old-timer, I gotta say, I just can't do it. At my age,
8: I think I'm in the right to be selfish. Many, many hundreds of years ago, most men had more than one wife. Yeah. Did you practice polygamy in those days? I never practiced
7: it. I was perfect at (laughs) it. So, what is 93 the day? I know what it is, a number. And the number is scary because I read the first thing in the morning before I have coffee, I read the obits. If I'm not in it, I'll have breakfast.
9: They're smoking George Winters, tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room. But I'll be back tomorrow for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. Today was a little special, remembering my favorite interview, Carl Reiner. And I want to say thanks also to my guests this past hour uh, Dr. Eduardo Sanchez uh, from the American Heart Association, and of course, uh, Melanie Hall from Kellogg. And uh, Kevin B. Klein, music and chat tomorrow on the show. Good night, everybody. The Tom
0: Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area.